Hello and welcome to Sign On Crew. I'm Alfie, your host. Today I will be speaking to Pratik. I met him about a few years ago on board Explorer of the Seas on Royal Caribbean. We both work at the front desk. When I joined the ship, I quickly realized his potential by looking at the way he interacts with guests, uh, making those interactions very enjoyable, using his charms to diffuse conflicts or harsh situations, winning the guests back and creating trust and relationships along the way. On this episode, I will be covering the positions on board that he actually worked on and how he move over each position. So you can have a better understanding uh, before applying for a shipboard vacancy or a position available to help you uh, get the job that must fit to your profile. Uh, so don't really worry about if you do not have at this time the expertise uh, for the job or the position that you desire, as either myself or Pratik and many others, you could always change your path while on board by applying to a different position or even changing a department after you conclude your first contract. Uh, with no further ado, uh, here's Pratik. Uh, please, uh, Pratik, could you introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much, Alfie, for a wonderful introduction of myself. So I'm Pratik Tamangaram, basically from uh, Pune, which is close to Mumbai in India. And I'm, uh, I'm graduated from London, the University of West London. I did my graduation in the hotel business administration, and I'm currently pursuing my master's as well. And I worked on Royal Caribbean uh, Cruise Line for about two and a half years, which is nearly five contracts. And I worked for two different positions on board. Sign on Crew, as you know, is a show about revealing and sharing the shipboard job secrets, taboos, and not that secret stories from crew members. So you can make informative decisions and smarter choices when it comes to whether or not applying for a job as a crew member on board a cruise ship. So today's episode, as I mentioned, will be shipboard positions, and specifically, we will be talking about fraud production and guest services department and how. Uh, Pratik from India, he was able to just um, be on the first position that uh, he was given and then move over the ranks. So welcome Pratik once again and thank you very much for being here. Absolutely, my pleasure. Pratik, according to your experience, please could you tell us about uh, the chain of command on the food production? Yes, definitely. So the hierarchy is quite big on board for the kitchen and service positions because you have nearly five to 6,000 guests on board and there are almost 30 to 40,000 meals which are served in, in a day, every day. So the hierarchy is very big. So it starts with the food and beverage director who who resembles or who plays the role of the head of the entire food and beverage department and then followed by the restaurant manager and the executive chef. So I was working as a chef, so I would only explain the, the hierarchy of the kitchen. So F&B director was the head of the hierarchy followed by the executive chef. The executive chef had two uh, associates or two assistants under him, which were the executive sous chefs. So there were two executive sous chefs, and after executive sous chefs, there were sous chefs. Then they also had a position of a junior sous chef. Then after the junior sous chef, there was CDP. CDP stands for chef the party. So there were three ranks for CDPs. So CDP one would be the would be the one who comes after junior sous chef. Then you would have CDP two, and then you would have CDP three. 
I was apparently working as a position for CDP3, which is Chef Tapati 3. After Chef Tapati, there were again three roles for Comi 3, Comi 2, Comi 1. So Comi 1 would be the, the next level after CDP3, then Comi 2, and then Comi 3. After Comi 3, they were all the kitchen helpers, uh, the kitchen helpers, and then the utility guys. So that was basically the whole hierarchy of uh, of the kitchen food production. And I would say there are there are more than 120 people working in the kitchen on different levels to to serve food to this 5,000 guests on board. Wow, I couldn't explain it better, Pratik. So in regards <laughs> about this uh, rank that you mentioned, I know there are these stripes all over the ships. However, in the kitchen in particular, you can't really see the stripes. But uh, how many stripes do you uh, say or do you know that the executive chef will have an executive sous chef and so on? Well, you're absolutely right. You never see stripes on kitchen people's shoulders that's because they're always wearing chef coats, you know, because they're all the time at work. But just like the other positions on board, the executive chef carries three stripes on his shoulders, and which is the head of the department position as well, followed by the executive sous chef, which follows two and a half stripes on their shoulder. The sous chef has uh, one stripe on their shoulder no actually two stripes on their shoulders and then the cdp one has one stripe on their shoulders everybody who has a position below cdp one has no stripes on their shoulders so the stripe the stripes actually starts from cdp one until executive chef so will be from supervisors managers and um, division head who will uh, wear those stripes is that well exactly. they don't actually wear it but they uh, they own it right yeah they own it and you know like you have different facilities on board for crew members depending on the stripes that you have got on your shoulders so they will have the same facilities as well it's just that they don't wear their the stripes and then roam around on board and all that's totally different. You might see that difference uh, by their uniforms as well. So the uniform of an executive chef is different. The uniform of the executive sous chef is different and so on. So even if they don't wear the stripes, they have different uniforms. So everybody has a different uniform in, in the Cali. I see. Pratik, uh, so on these positions or just like for you to actually came to know uh, they work on board uh, the ships of these available options. How how did you start the, the ship life? Uh, well, so let me start from the beginning. I, I never had an intention to be a chef, to be honest with you. When I was uh, doing my studies back in London, I was I was working part time as uh, as a chef for a few of the restaurants, and I actually got an opportunity to work for some of the Michelin star restaurants, and that's how I gained uh, chefing experience on my CV. So when I applied for for a job on board the Royal Caribbean ships, I initially had applied for a guest services position, and I got to know after applying that uh, for some reasons for for some HR policies and stuff, they cannot hire uh, new positions or new people on board the guest services unless you have the experience or you have the knowledge of any European foreign language. So when I had applied for it, I was suggested that I should rather go for a chefing, chefing position because I have that experience on my CV and then I will always have a way to actually do the cross training and change my department once I get on board. So that's how I was given a position of CDP3, which was still a higher position because uh, 
even as per the hr policies uh, in the kitchen when they hire people they don't hire people for cdp position directly they have to start from the commi position i was fortunate to get a cdp position directly on board and that's how i actually began uh, my journey on the ship being a chef on royal caribbean explorer of the seas So how did you describe or how did you find this first contract if the expectations that the hiring partner or the person that you spoke from uh this agency prior to going there and actually being there did you think that it actually match or is things that you never thought about it how was it uh well i did not approach uh, through any agencies uh, there used to be agencies who would give a job for all caribbean but during my time they had stopped the agencies require uh, recruitments and the company was doing recruitment by themselves so when i applied for a job I applied on the royal caribbean's website straight away and i got a response within i would say uh, four weeks time and then there was a telephonic interview that were taken place and then further to that every every conversation that i had with the the hr representative or whoever the interviewer was was entirely on the email uh honestly there was no uh, set of idea given to me before i joined the ship that how the life is going to be so i was completely a stranger to that life so when i when i joined the ship on the first day uh well i would start uh, from the first flight So the first contract is when you all have to buy your flight ticket to get to the destination before you join the ship and my first joining was in uh, Seattle also the place that I had never visited before and I had a hotel booked from from the company from Royal Caribbean and it it kind of looked very classy because the first day when we had a when I have when we had a pickup to go to the ship we had limousines booked so it was really fascinating that oh uh, you're going to the ship in limousine uh, you know i was really excited and all so when i got on board the ship i i was still a stranger i would say it took me around 2 months to actually understand how the ship life is and uh, i would i would only suggest to people who are joining uh, new that you know keep your keep your mind open do not set any particular expectations how you're going to actually experience uh, the life on board because everybody has a dip- different perceptions about uh, you know how the experiences are maybe something that's that's good for me might not be good for others i would only say that keep your mind open and just just see whatever challenges you you will come across you know because every every department that's there on board has a different style of working you know and especially the galley of food production i would say has more uh, more of a physical work and uh, more of a Uh, more of your attention physical attention required so that's that's something that i had not uh, expected in that extent which apparently was so on this note how hard you actually find your first contract uh the first contract was very hard uh, to be very honest with you and there were few other people who joined with me who became my friends because it was their first contract as well and i literally uh, so that if if you are a person who has uh, never lived alone and if it's your first contract on board you will find it very difficult because uh, imagine yourself getting up from your bed and all you see around is the sea and you will have to see the same faces every day you will be you will miss your family terribly uh, that's just a family part i'm saying 
So I would only recommend that make as many friends as you can once you get for your first contract because that's what is going to keep you uh, breathing for the whole contract that you do. My first contract was eight months long, so which was a very long contract. That's usually the length of contracts for galley or full production on board the ships. Uh, it was very hard in the sense I, I was very new to the work. I was very new to the entire environment of the ship. The amount of work that we had on board, especially for the food production, was very hard. You had to be in the kitchen for at least 10, 12 hours a day. And you had to you had to work. You had to learn the menus. You had to know what you were supposed to do. And because I was on a CDP position, I had, I had a big responsibility because I was in charge of one of the sections uh, in the galleys. And uh, yet I was still new to the whole operation, so I was not really aware of it. And uh, the best thing that could have happened to me is if I would have got a better supervisor in the galley, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. So my supervisor uh, wasn't really good. So I kind of found it very difficult to, you know, swim through that first contract and on the other hand when i used to come back to my cabins i would think about my families you know you have you have the satellite internet and stuff but obviously it's fluctuating if you have a bad weather and things so i sometimes i was unable to get in touch with them then i would miss them so so that's something that that happens to almost everybody i would say in their first contract and you know you it takes a little bit time getting used to with it but I would just I would just say keep your heart strong and then just just get ready. You know, I, I personally feel that uh, the philosophy of life is when you jump in the sea, you have to swim or you have to die. And nobody prefers dying. So you have to swim no matter what. So that's, mm. that's all I can say. Definitely. It's something that that we do have to keep in mind or anybody who's interested to apply for a shapewear position that mm-hmm. being on board the ship uh, for that long, it means missing family events, missing all of your loved ones, no? At home. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So um, on this note, in regards about this, uh, this amount of um, months that you were on board, it's possible for you to describe uh, a little bit of what you did on the galley or how was your normal day like? Uh, yes, uh, let me just remember everything now because that was like three years back almost. I joined the galley in 2016 and I did one contract in the galley, or oh, actually one and a half contract. So initially when I joined the ship as a, as a chef or CDP, I, I joined it because I was told that I will be able to uh, do the cross training and get to the department that I was always willing to work for, which was guest services. But after I came on board, I realized or I got to know that you have to finish first contract before you get eligible to go for the cross training or change the department. So I would just uh, suggest people who are literally willing to change the department, you have to make sure that you finish first contract before you change the department, because that's something that I was not aware of and I was not told. So. When I joined as a CDP chef, the party there are different uh, sections on on board the ship in the galleys which prepare different uh, kinds of food. So you have soup section, you have sauce section, you have tuna, you have roast section, uh, you have fish section. So 
by their names as their names suggest they prepare that kind of food so when i joined the ship i worked in a section called tunad so tunad was a section which had two cdps a cdp1 which was the head of the whole section then we had cdp3 which was myself which was the whole which was the in charge of the preparation of one particular section in that uh, in that department and then we had two commies so i was basically uh, responsible initially for for all the canopies and snacks that we delivered to the diamond uh, concierge and the lounges on board the ship so so diamond concierge and people uh, you will probably know in alfie's other videos what those people are and what those guests are so they get different snacks uh, on board the ship in their private lounges so i was responsible for cooking them those snacks and those canopies and we had a cyclic menu for that so we had to follow the cyclic menu for the whole cruise for the for whatever the duration of the cruise was uh, i was also after i finishing my work i was responsible for the kids menu on the ship so we used to have around 700 600 kids on board every cruise and i was responsible for making the kids menu as well and besides that i was also uh, supposed to to assist cdp1 in the preparation of other uh, menu items for tunan which was uh, the indian the indian cuisine basically on board for the indian guest and we had higher number of indian guests when we were sailing in us then we were also responsible for making two items for the crew mess for the staff mess uh, so which was a european cuisine so that was my initial department and i found it very hard as i said because I, my supervisor was uh, not really friendly and uh, i i was struggling because everything was new to me and then uh, then after a while they moved me to room service department and during my time the room service was not chargeable to people so there used to be heaps of orders from the guest and they had access on their televisions and uh, telephones they could place the orders and when the kids were left alone in their rooms they would just order as many items as they want and there would be hell lot of orders for room service so in room service there were only two people so cdp3 was a head of room service so i was the head of room service and i had one commie working for me so there were two shifts the first shift would start from 7 am in the morning until 7 pm in the evening then the commie would take over from 7 pm until 7 am next day morning so both of us had 12 hour shifts we had divided the work so the person who works in the night would prepare all the misa because uh, the morning person used to be more or less busy all the time preparing the orders for the guests because uh, mostly the room service orders used to come during the morning but then obviously people who come on board the cruise they come for drinks and parties so half of them are still awake overnight so they used to also order room services and especially because the room service was free to everybody and uh, after after a while they realized there was a lot of food wastage and people were ordering as many stuff as they could because it was free they kind of made it chargeable and that's when i experienced that the the room service orders actually decreased you know so those were the two departments that i mainly worked for but uh, it was very it was very tricky as i said in the in the beginning for me to actually adapt that 
uh, that kind of working environment and you know learn how things actually work on board uh, we used to, we were responsible for placing the orders to the stores you know there were a lot of difficulties when we would not have uh, some raw materials on board and then we'll have to actually you know kind of beg or steal from other departments you know if you're not if you're not having any kind of a raw material it was very tricky uh, i would say now i can say that i miss working there but uh, when you are actually in it you kind of want to leave it so <laughs> i would just give my good luck to people who are joining the ships on as a chef and if you really have a passion to work as a chef you would definitely enjoy it yeah there is a uh, as you mentioned there's a lot of food food production involved so you definitely just uh-huh. get the skills the skills and experience for you to just uh, become better on your field Mm-hmm. When you talk about supervisors and manager, as you mentioned as well, is something is a, a key or important role that they actually play on your life quality on board as a crew member. I, I definitely agree. Depending on of whether it's a friendly supervisor, if either if it's knowledgeable or if it have the tools or skills that he requires to be to perform his duty, it will definitely smooth. Uh, your operation as well, right? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true, and that's that's exactly why I would say my first contract was pretty much harder because, uh, you know, you always had a pressure. I always had a pressure on my shoulders. If I don't do my work, I would get one warning or get two warnings. And if my supervisor would have been supporting, knowing that it was my first contract, and you know, if you would have shown a little bit of uh, Empathy, maybe affection. Yeah, maybe empathy. Uh, it could have been much better, but that wasn't the case, though. But I would say uh, it's a kind of uh, working trend in the galley department that they have to show you that there's there's a lot of pressure because because then if you if you just try to be liberal with someone, then you would not uh, take it seriously, and then the work will not be done. So I guess it's also that uh, way of taking it that. A supervisor has to play has to play a role of being strict and being you know uh, with a stick in his hand so that he knows that the work will be done otherwise it comes on his shoulder but definitely there were few uh, supervisors who were literally good i mean i i personally uh, know a person who was my supervisor and he was very helpful although he was not a supervisor for my department he, he would actually leave his work and come and help me when he knew that I was actually you know, struggling to do something when my own supervisor did not. So, yes, there are definitely some nice supervisors. That kept me, I would say, alive for the first contract. You know. So, Pratik, how, how did you uh, apply to the guest services position or this guest services department? Uh, so, it happened this way. After, after I finished my first contract for eight months, I, I, I was signed off. And I had decided not to go back because I did not see any any spark to go to the guest services because there was no position open. And then the only position that was open was uh, for the people who speak European language. So I almost kind of gave up. You know, I, I entirely gave up on applying for it. And I had decided to, you know, give up the ship and do something else. So I was I was on vacation for a couple of months and then I got the next LOE on the same shift for a CDP position again. And I was thinking that, uh, you know, like 
it was my dream to be in the guest services in the first contract itself which apparently did not happen so i was thinking should i get this contract and see if there is another opportunity for guest services and that i may apply for so i took a risk and i went on board on a ship's position on the chef's position again hoping that there would be a guest services position fortunately when i went on board i spent a month in the kitchen this time i was working in the crew mess i was responsible for preparing the food for the crew and that's when i found out they had uh, opened one guest services position for a person which doesn't require european language so that's when i that's when i thought that this is a kind of position that's available for me and then i realized that once in a year they always open a guest services position which does not require a foreign language because the company obviously wants to give an opportunity to everybody to to come to this department because it has a different uh, different way of uh, environment i would say so i applied i applied to guest services position in 2017 no 2016 december i would say uh 2017 january yeah the first beginning of the year and i applied for the position and i knew that there were almost 26 people who applied for that position and the interviews were lined up there were three interviews that happened so the first interview was from the uh, hr where where they just uh, took the computer test to know if your computer skills are good for example your ms word or your excel and then they gave you few tasks they gave me few tasks to actually complete and they marked me on that the second interview was from the human resources manager which asked me questions on why would i join this department what do i know about this department and what am i going to do in this department so in general idea and uh, the hr assistant who was working at that time kind of helped me because i was uh, interacting with her i wanted to know more about this department i interacted with uh, guest services people who were already working in the guest services to to know what kind of work they do uh, that helped me uh, get through the second interview of hr the third interview was supposed to be the telephonic one from the show side office because when you have uh, onboard interviews the third interview is usually a telephonic interview from the show side office uh, the main hr uh, which is in the show side but during my time we had uh, a flit gsm which is the corporate guest services manager i would say uh, on board the ship and he decided that he would like to uh, interview all these uh, people who have applied for the guest services position by himself and so i initially thought oh that could be that that's going to be tough now because 26 people appearing for one interview face to face from a flit gsm uh i would just share a small experience so i was i went i i was the first one to appear for the interview so i didn't know who this fleet gsm was he was not in a uniform because fleet gsms are usually uh, you know pratik gahe All right so I was saying the fleet GSM was on board who was supposed to take the interview and I didn't know who he was because he was on the casual uniform uh, he was probably roaming around so I was standing beside the ATM and uh, so he approached me and I thought he was a guest so the first question he asked me was is this ATM working 
and because i was standing there for a while i saw few few guests actually coming to the team and taking out some cash i told him yes it's absolutely working and you can use it so he just smiled and then went inside and that's when i realized that he's actually a flight chairman because he went in that office and then he called me in and then the first thing he told me that uh, i just wanted to check how you actually interact with the with the guest if someone asks you something spontaneously the only thing that like what that what he liked was that i did not get scared and because i had observed people taking out cash from the atm i could confidently answer him that yes the atm is working and that's what is required for the guest services i would say how you interact with people or how you communicate with the people how well do you know the ship because people who come on board are new to the ship entirely then he got me in and then he asked me his question so obviously it started with uh, the usual question of interview tell me something about yourself and then he asked me few guest services related questions and the general hotel questions which uh, which a hotelier would know type of hotels and the type of rooms and the type of facilities that we have on board uh, i was very new to the softwares that we use in the guest services because i had no experience about it but he yet he still asked me if i knew any of the software so we were using encore that time so i had i had interacted with some of the guest services people and they had given me an idea of what exactly the softwares are so i was able to answer him that and in the same in the same interview itself he told me that i was uh, i was in a pipeline for uh, the guest services position so pipeline is basically when you apply for a position uh, on board itself and if you get selected for that position you get into a pipeline so as soon as the position gets available to fill if you are the first one in the pipeline you fill that position so you just have to be careful when you are in the pipeline that the department that you are working in currently you should not receive any warnings and stuff because that can impact uh, your position that you are in the pipeline for so that was my whole journey you know to get to the guest services department from the kitchen and i was very excited and i was happy that i actually got chance to you know at least give an interview and get selected for the guest services position now i was waiting to kind of go for that position and start working in that position it was now i was super excited for that and i i thought that i made a right decision by going for the second contract as a chef because that's when i got this position to get into guest services so uh, pratik how was this uh, transition between the galley uh, to a guest services position uh well i, I had few challenges in there as well because what usually happens is when you are doing the interdepartmental transfer both of your supervisors need to one needs to release you and the other one needs to accept you for example uh the executive chef had to release me from my position in the galley and then the guest services manager in the guest services needed to accept me on that guest position guest services position in the guest services so that was the trickiest part because a galley always have shortage of people and they hardly uh, you know they hardly uh, let people go off the department because they always require people so the challenging part for me was when the executive chef would actually release me from my position and then the company does not guarantee you when you will be given the new position because 
if it's a business requirement for you to stay in that current position for more days for many days then you will have to and i've seen i saw people who were who were in the pipeline for for years you know and they could not change their department because their first department head did not release them and i wouldn't say it's a personal grudge but probably it's a genuine requirement of the business that they did not have anybody else to fill up that positions for example before they would release me from cdp3's position they would require someone to actually fill my position when i'm gone from there and unless they get that they cannot release me so it was pretty challenging and then i was continuously talking to the executive chef to the fnb director and as well to the guest services manager to actually you know make them make them uh, release me from the kitchen and you know take take me in the guest services position so it took me i guess a month and a half to uh, to actually get in the guest services and it was still uh, i would say i was uh, lucky to have that happen that fast because uh, some of the guest services officers from the guest services department had resigned and the executive chef was on a vacation during that time so there was no executive chef and that's when they actually released me because the food and beverage director was responsible for releasing people during that time so i was just lucky to to have that happen so fast wow i i didn't realize it will be just that 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 hard to just get the position although you have passed all these <laughs> interviews and something similar Actually, happened yeah. to me but i i didn't really understood the reason why they could just uh send me uh to the other other division mm-hmm. so uh okay. how would you uh predict describe i uh the quality of life on board by you being on the galley and you uh move to the guest services do you believe that actually improve do you think it's the same well now this is where it all starts well the first thing i explored was the whole ship when i came to guest services i mean the only thing that i had seen in the one and a half contract when i was in the galley was a galley and my cabin and probably a bag deck so a guest services was a department which kind of uh, gave me an opportunity to explore everything that we had on board in the first place i didn't i had not seen the shops i had not seen the the pool decks i had not seen these lounges i had not seen i had not seen any of the facilities facilities that we actually offer to the guest uh, guest services is a department which uh, kind of represents the entire ship because if anything happens on board the ship the first thing that the guest would do is come to the guest services because that's the department which is responsible for answering all the questions to the people who are on board so that kind of gave me an exposure to uh, explore the ship first which i had not in in a year's time second thing is if you compare workload into both it's very different I would say in the kitchen or in the galley you have more of a physical work whereas in the guest services you have more of a mental work because you are all the time interacting with the guests you know it's definitely not easy to talk to I would say you know 200 300 people daily by by person I'm saying uh you will have 1000 people coming to you asking you n number of questions and you have to answer them and you have to make sure that you are smiling all the time your gestures needs to be very professional because you represent the company eventually uh but the working conditions were pretty 
i would say decent and i felt like i was living a humanly life after i moved to guest services because i had a break shift which was 4 hours and 4 hours and i would just work 8 to 9 hours uh, daily it's not the it's again on your supervisor how long do you want uh, how long does your supervisor want you to work for but uh, my supervisors were very friendly uh, i have never met any supervisor in the guest services in my three contracts which was uh, not really friendly i would say everybody in the guest services was very friendly and very helpful uh, they made me comfortable first in their department they welcomed me so well uh, i knew couple of them before before i joined the guest services department but still they made me comfortable and because it was 8 hours shift i used to get time to actually live my life and do other things as well for example when you go to the port i would actually go outside enjoy the port and you know come back and i would say uh, it's definitely much better than being in the galley and i could actually see the other part of the world which i had not known of so yeah that's what i would like to say Pratik, if you could give an advice for people who's thinking to apply uh, for a onboard position, what that will be? Uh, see, as as I mentioned before, you know, it's everybody's perception. I mean, I knew a few people working in the galley for 25 years as well, and they were happy working in the galley because uh, chefing or cooking was their passion. So, irrespective of the amount of work they were kind of doing. they were still happy in what they were doing because cooking was their passion so it's it's again everybody's perception and some people really like to have a peaceful life uh, less work and more of enjoyment uh some people do not care how much work amount they have but they just want to pursue their passion so i would say a person who's applying for positions on board just think about what do you want to do in your life do you want to be a guest services personnel do you want to be a chef do you want to be a bartender do you want to be a barista whatever your life's goal is you should choose the position accordingly you should not think about what kind of a work or what kind of an environment you are entering into and then decide the position because if you enter into something that you really don't want to in your life then you will not be happy even if you have less work and if you enter into something which has higher work requirements but that's your passion then you will still enjoy it so i would only suggest to people who want to apply for positions on board is apply for those positions that you really want to be in your life for example if someone wants to be a bartender in the life and then you want to apply for a bartender position on board then you will definitely do well but you want to be a bartender and then you apply for a guest services position just because there is a less work you will not be happy because that's not what you want to be So that's just my advice for people who are applying new. Thank you Pratik. Um just uh one of the last few questions I want to ask mm-hmm. is uh do you believe that this uh onboard experience changed anything in your life? Uh the galley position I wouldn't say it changed anything because I was not really exploring anything. I I'm sorry to say but I kind of felt that it was a donkey work that I was doing. but i when i came to guest services that's definitely something that changed my uh, my lot of things basically it gave me a confidence to speak to anybody i i can go and speak to any stranger now about anything i know 
uh, you know, that's the first thing that improved. The second thing is my communication skills. You know, it, it just kind of improves your communication skills. And I would say it increased my patience level as well, because sometimes you get uh, hammered by a lot of silly questions. Uh, pardon my French, but a lot of stupid questions as well. And you just have to keep yourself calm because you are representing the company. And you know that the term is guest is always right in the hotel industry. So even if you know that the guest is wrong, you still have to uh, pretend that the guest is always right. And you have to deal with uh, different situations where you might lose your temper, but you still have to keep your temper going because you are on the shift and you have to know that the guest is always right. So it definitely increased my patience level as well. So yeah, that's that's a few things that really changed in me. Uh, Pratik, where are you uh, currently in the where, where where are you at, and what will be your next move? All right. So after after uh, uh, after doing the third contract, I went back for the fourth contract on uh, on the ship for guest services position, and that's when I got married to my beautiful girlfriend. And I would say it's uh, it's very hard for people to be separated when you get married and work on board the ship. Some people still do that. Obviously, it's perception-wise again. But I didn't want to continue working on the ship when I was married because I wanted to spend the rest of my life with my wife and not being on the ship surrounded by the sea. So that's when I decided to move and resign from there. Uh, after resigning from the fourth contract, I came back to India and I moved to New Zealand. I'm pursuing my master's level now. I'm doing a master's in business, which is the next level from my graduation. And I have also uh, formed a consultancy a business called PBS Consultancy. PBS is basically Pareto Business Solutions. And uh, what we basically do is we are a number of professionals from the master's level who uh, approach a lot of Nelson businesses. Nelson is the town I live in, in New Zealand. And I approach a lot of uh, Nelson businesses, the hotel and restaurant businesses, which uh, has a potential to grow in the market and want to grow in the market, but uh, are not able to cope up with the competitors or um, you know, a lot of other uh, uh, disturbances around. So we help them, we give them a consultancy to actually grow their business. And my goal would be is to finish my master's as soon as possible, uh, get more, get more uh, higher education and probably continue working in the consultancy for the next uh, few years. But uh, I would probably not be going back to the ship. It's not that I am tired of it. I definitely loved working in the guest services, but it's very hard for me to stay away from my wife if if I'm gone for six months on the ship and then she's somewhere else. And that's not something that I really wanted from my life. So that's why I chose to quit and move to New Zealand. Pratik, that sounds very excited. Uh, thanks again <laughs> for being here. And lastly, uh, is there anything that you uh, like to share with our listeners who are excited to apply uh, on any uh, shipboard positions? Uh, well, last... Uh, I would just mention again what I mentioned before that uh, it's always there's a term called the grass is greener on the other side of the hill. So when I was working on the ship, when I started working on the ship, people were very happy for me and they were like, oh, you get to roam around so many countries. You saw so many places and things. 
and i knew what the fact was when i started my first contract so just keep your mind open just if you if you go for a position any of the position on board the ship if it's your first contract you might you might feel uh, it's your biggest mistake that you have done but there's definitely a growth on the ship if you really have uh, that spark in you to work on the ship you will definitely grow just keep your just keep your mind strong and do not give up even if you come across any challenges that's the only advice i'll give thank you pratik i'm going to go you ahead so much, <laughs> yeah i'm going to go ahead with the closing pratik's story of success uh, moving from one department to another while on board is very common uh, however it is hard as he mentioned and could be done as long you know exactly where you want to be. Once you finish your probation period or either your first contract, it does depends on the ship, either the um, either the cruise line or as well just depends of the management. So uh, one of the advice as well that we could give is if you uh, on your current position or if you apply for the position that it was available and you want to move to another one, which is on another department, if you have some spare time, uh, please get curious, uh, start uh, to know the other department, try to see whether or not there is some cross training or something that it could be enrich you in a way. Uh, for you to understand the other department or the position that you are interested on. Normally, uh, the HR on board will be uh, posting open positions and that will be the way to submit your paperwork. They will ask you uh, just papers such as an application form, your CV, have it ready, perhaps any recommendation letter that you might have from your previous employers might work for. Uh, so again, I hope you found today's episode helpful. I would like to thank our guest Pratik for joining me today. And if you like our work, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. It, I will be very grateful if you can leave us a review and share it with a friend. As well, remember, we just started on YouTube, so as well, you can just go and check our videos there. We're not doing interviews in the YouTube because they are quite long. However, you always have it on the podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, um, please, uh, or any topics that you would like me to touch further on, email us at podcast at signoncrew.com. Thanks. Thanks.